We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. KC Laboratory. Sponsored by Emprise Bank. It's the KC Laboratory presented by Emprise Bank. A bank is more than a building down the street. It's a partnership for some of life's biggest joys and obstacles. Emprise Bank has all the tools for your rainy days and your brightest moments in life. They're your partner impossible. Sign up online for an account today and let them be part of your journey. That is Emprise Bank, member FDIC, our partner impossible here at KC Sports Network our partner impossible with the KCSN draft guide cannot speak any more highly of them. It's been an absolute joy to work with them and it's an absolute joy to be back with my dear pals. First time on Twitter at Maddie underscore KCSN Maddie. I missed you on Monday. I'm glad to be seeing your pretty face again. Welcome back, Kent. We, we, we missed you as well. We had a show without you. We drug it along for an extra couple minutes just because of that. And we are, we're happy to have you back. Um, now, I think Craig's feeling a little sad because you said just my pretty face, and I feel like we all know, I know. who's the, the no, looker I know. of this group. It's, it's Craig. Fine. It's the big R. <laughs> uh, no. Craig, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing great, man. And that's it for the Casey Laboratory. <laughs> we figured we'd end this early because you know Maddie and I go long, so we're gonna we're gonna save you guys the time. Kent's or... so happy right now. This is great. He is look, so happy. Look. If we take this show and cut it off at a minute and then take your guys' show from Monday, we are averaging roughly 30 minutes a show. So <laughs> it's perfect. I actually, so I was in uh, I was in Atlanta for work. I actually jumped in to uh, the live stream and jumped into the comments a couple times to say hi. I don't know if you guys read a lot because I wasn't actually listening. I just threw a bunch of stuff in there. <laughs> I just, so... Did Thanks you? for the support, pal. Hang on. No, no, no. That that sounds about right. I wasn't actually listening. I just came in to make my own comments and Look, get out. I was in I was in a hotel and I was I was chowing down. Oh, I really didn't have a ton. I was talking with people. There's loud music, you know. The embassy suites was just bumping, man. I tell oh, you. Sh- it sure. was it was hopping. But uh, yeah, I just I did jump in. I think I actually listened to a little bit of the beginning of the show, if I remember correctly. Quick pop uh, quiz: What did what did we talk about? Probably receivers, (laughs) no, (laughs) because we do every single episode. (laughs) I don't I don't think so. We're gonna talk about one today because Debo Samuel is reportedly on the trading block. Less yet another potential receiver for some people wanting the Chiefs to go out and acquire uh, a receiver. So. Uh, it does appear that he is done with the San Francisco 49ers. I think this is one of the most unique cases of all the wide receivers that we've heard potentially being dissatisfied with their contract, being dissatisfied with their situation. Cause I think there's like a hint of a, of, I think there's, I think there's actually a legitimate argument for Debo Samuel here, trying to like extend his career a little bit. Uh, Maddie, I don't know how you feel about this Debo situation. When you initially heard it, what'd you think? Uh, I, I guess I'm going to start at the uh, opposite. I'm going to go from where I am now, going backwards, because I think it, it makes more sense. So Debo Samuel, as a pure receiver, I think he does get underrated a little bit by by Chiefs fans, especially because like we sh- built up some kind of rivalry with the 49ers for the Super Bowl, and now we just want to think that it's like a fake team all designed around Kyle Shanahan's offense, which I mean, I guess wait, it is. Wait, wait. You, mean, you mean the 33 years? I wonder who would have started that. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, that team. Uh, okay. So I think that Debo Samuel's a better receiver than he gets credit for from a lot of non-49ers fans. Um, he's also not near the receiver that Tyreek Hill or like the Devontae Adams are going to be. So herein lies the problem. No matter how good or bad Debo Samuel may be in the Chiefs offense, the 49ers are still going to expect that level of return because for them, he is worth that. For their offense, for how they use him, he is worth what Devontae Adams or Tyreek Hill got in the Chiefs trade. But is he ever going to be worth that to another team? Probably not. So like that's going to be the issue is where are you going to find that balance of the four, you, a team wants to give up enough value for it to be worth it for the 49ers that they feel comfortable with and then they're willing to pay him top wide receiver one money when you don't really have a big sample size of him just being a receiver. So I think it's going to be really hard to get him out of, the, out of San Francisco. It sounds like, according to Josina Andrews, the Chiefs aren't that interested right now. I don't particularly blame them because like I just said, I just – it's going to be a lot to get him out of there. And I don't see how his value is higher for any other team than the 49ers. And I think it's the value side of that, because I do think that if the value was right, that the Chiefs would absolutely be interested for what Maddie said there. He's he's a hell of a receiver. He's not Tyreek Hill. He is not Devontae Adams, but he is well worth a high-ish pick. Not, as some people have suggested, well, maybe 29 and 50 and, and now all of a sudden, no, no, that's a that's a big nope out of me. I like Debo Samuel a lot. We haven't seen him used in a traditional manner, but we've also kind of waxed poetic about LaVisca Chenault, Traylon Burks, these guys that can come in and play in some of the ways that Debo Samuel does and how they fit with the Chiefs. Debo Samuel fitting with the Chiefs would be ideal. Like he's going to be able to do all those same things. If they're looking for that style of receiver, Debo makes sense to try and add to the roster. That being said, he's got a fair amount of wear and tear on his body. And it sounds like the 49ers are asking for a lot to get him out of there. And they should. He is a large part of their offense. Can you imagine if the Chiefs taking Tyreek Hill, who was a large part of their offense, and said, you know what, we're going to let him go for a second and we're just going to kind of play all this. You, We would be rioting right now. That's how 49ers fans have to feel about Debo Samuel because he is such an integral part of the offense. You can't just let him go for pennies. You've got to get value. I just don't think that value is the same for maybe any team but the Jets at this point because they just seem to be extremely, extremely desperate for a wide receiver right now. Well, and there's some reports that the 49ers are <clears throat> desiring more than what the Chiefs got for Tyreek Hill. Nope. And that's insane. Yeah. And I mean, even throwing 29 and 50 for Debo Samuel, would you trade Tyreek Hill for Debo Samuel Pick nope. 121, a future four and a future six. Mm -mm. I no. wouldn't. I think that's insane. I think I think Tyree kills a, a better player. Now, I it's gonna be a fascinating case everything these guys just laid out. Um, because yeah, Debo's more valuable to the Shanahan offense than in any team in the National Football League. But the problem is that doesn't jive with Debo. That's not that's not gonna work for Debo. Like the resolution for this whole situation is going to be extremely fascinating because I think what Debo is looking at is he's trying to get two contracts out of this before his career is over. And he's probably right when he thinks and he guesses that if he stays in San Francisco, he's getting one deal out of this and he's going to be more than likely expendable before the end of that contract. So I totally understand where he's coming from. Um, I personally, I, I'm okay. I'm okay with sitting this one out. I'll be honest with you guys. I'm okay with sitting it all out. Mm. I'm okay with sitting it all out for all mm. for these receivers. And we, oh, I, I, know, I just, I just mm. poked, poked the bear a little bit. Mm. Uh, oh no, Maddie's stretching. Um, oh, I'm just I'm, loosening up to let Craig go. I'm gonna I'm, sit back and relax here a second. I am. Uh, I'm content with this team sitting this out and and not going and using a bunch of draft capital to go acquire a receiver. Go acquire. Uh, I mean, maybe there maybe an edge, but like I don't see a ton of edges really on the market sitting out there right now. I like the idea of this team going into draft into the draft with three times their average draft capital that they have on draft weekend. I love the idea of this team kind of 
kind of going young this year. So they have some flexibility for 2023. I still think they'll be good in 2022, even if they do this. And uh, I, I think it could be really nice to build a second wave of the Patrick LeVon Mahomes era. Craig, don't kill me. Okay, so let's Uh-oh. unpack this. So have you I, has, is any of this out, by the way? Have you said you any? Have you have you given this opinion at all that you're about to give? Any Absolutely like, not. Okay. No. All right. I'm no. Curious, I've, I've been have, formulating we've had some this back and forth here and there. On I have landed on this now in the week before the draft. Um, I have shared my affinity for AJ Brown. I would 1,000 percent trade a first round draft pick for AJ Brown again, less than Tyreek Hill. I would not probably trade a first-round draft pick for Debo Samuel. The more I think about it, the more I'm off of that. But A.J. Brown, I would 1,000% give up pick 30, pay him like one of the league's top receivers, and profit. I would also immediately, as of this moment, sight unseen at the draft board, I would trade 29 and 50 to move up into the early teens and take the best player available, whether that's a corner, an edge, a defensive lineman, a safety. I would add to the defense with that pick because then I'm going to turn around and I'm still going to have 62, 94, 103, two fourth round picks. That is generally what Brett Veach has been working with in the draft. And I added A.J. Brown and let's go ahead and call it, I don't know, Kyle Hamilton. Let's call it, I don't know, it's probably not a corner because it sounds like they're going high. Even a George Karloftis, a Jordan Davis, somebody like that, that can add to the room, make your defense better. All of a sudden, you have vastly improved the wide receiver room and your defense, and you've still got your natural second round pick. You basically turned Tyreek Hill into A.J. Brown and a Jermaine Johnson, let's but, call it. But, so, but hold yeah. up, hold up. Here's what I, here's, this is, this is what I think is maybe the disconnect here. I don't think you are getting A.J. Brown for pick 29. I don't think there's any chance all your, I think it's got to cost mm-hmm. you more. So okay. that's going to cost I, me. I, it probably, I think it costs you 29 and 50. I think that they're going to. I think so. Nah. I think so. I don't think. And honestly, by the way, it looks like. And if we're going to talk, we're going to if we're going to put a name to it and talk about AJ Brown, it doesn't seem like the Titans are particularly interested in letting him go. No, probably not. So yeah, <laughs> we're I mean, talking like AJ Brown for pick twenty nine is like I don't think that's a realistic scenario on both ends because I think they they would command more than twenty nine for AJ Brown. I think it's I would offer twenty nine and the polls comp pick and leave it on the table there and then I'd stay put. I don't I don't want to give up any more than that. I feel like I can build out the rest of my roster there. But since we are talking about trading assets, I would trade twenty nine in a third round draft pick or you know thirty in a third round draft pick and once again trade up right now sight unseen to draft a defender i i just i i hey, think that i think those two would make a massive difference for me it's having the extra draft capital from the tyree kill thing that makes something like this possible though i think like to craig's point you can trade a one and a three a one three and four if you have to to go get a star player and you still have an entire draft plus technically you still have pick 50 to work with like you still have you still have more to work with. So like, I think this particular season, that makes sense. On top of that, this goes along with your love for comp picks. Guess what you do with A.J. Brown in three years? You trade him away for a first and a second round pick again, just like <laughs> you did Tyreek Hill. You just borrowed him. Yeah, you paid him, but you borrowed a wide receiver one for three years. You trade him going into the last year of his contract like you're gonna, like everybody's apparently doing now. That's now the new thing in the NFL. Just keep it going. So you're essentially just getting a. I mean, yes, it's similar similar concept of a comp pick. You're pushing it down the line. You get a star player. I'm on board with it, but I, I'm with Craig. Like I'm drawing a hard line in the sand. I'm not giving up everything they yeah. got from Tyree Kill I, for AJ Brown. I'm not giving up everything they got for Tyree Kill unless it's Jamar Chase or Justin Jefferson. I think that's the and they would cost more. Correct. They would be more. So like mm-hmm. that's the only time I'm giving up all of those same picks that the Chiefs got from Miami. But if it is pick 29 that pick 103, maybe even you throw in something else, you know, one of those day round four picks, I'd even still consider it. And I would take AJ Brown and I would go to the bank. Now I get it. AJ Brown is probably not on the table. 
we don't have to spend too much time on it. Of the four receivers that are being semi-rumored to be unhappy, Terry McLaurin, A.J. Brown, D.K. Metcalf, Debo Samuel, A.J. Brown's the only one I'm really curious as to not catching on a deal. He's the only one that I'm even remotely interested in paying what I think is going to be close to market value for. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, yeah, no, I, AJ Brown's like, if you're, if you're, if you're having me pick one, it's AJ Brown. I just think it's going to be a lot more because this is a guy that's still 24 years old and he is mm-hmm. an exceptional yeah. receiver. He is. I think you're going to have to trade. I think you'll have to trade roughly the value of the, of a mid first round pick. And guess what the value of a mid first round pick is 29 and 50. So I'll ask you, Craig, would you trade Tyree kill for AJ Brown? No fourth. Okay. So no. th- that's but that's what I'm saying. It's like I, I think if we're if we're looking at realistic expectations for what it's going to take to get somebody like him, I just don't think there's a ton of scenarios where I feel comfortable doing it. I mean, like, I he's coming that- off the worst season of his career right now. The he's obviously at a standstill with the Titans. They do not want to pay him the amount of money that he's asking for. Right, he is extremely disgruntled at this moment. Like this is this is a buyer's market in this regard because he is unhappy and he wants out and they're looking at him and going, listen, man, we, we don't think that you're amongst the highest paid receivers in the NFL. So with that being said, they may in the way that the chiefs looked at Tyree kill, they may look at that and say, listen, let's get what we can for him right now. That's, I, I don't know. It's, it's a, it's an interesting scenario. And like, this is where I, I think we're all just fascinated and like I think there's a lot of ways it can go. I'm fine with some trade ups in the draft. Like I I, I want them to mm-hmm. leverage and maneuver their capital. I just I it just there's not the list of veterans I'm excited about is not very long. Okay, it's, here's a question. You're where you're saying 29 and 50. I think that's you know fine. Let's use 29 and 50. Would you rather trade 29 and 50 to get AJ Brown? And you, you have to pay him obviously, but get AJ Brown for 29 and 50, or are you trading 29 and 50 to go get Drake London and on a rookie deal? Is Drake London going to be AJ Brown? Is it worth having him be cheaper and risk him not being AJ Brown, or is it better to pay AJ Brown and have him? I mean, it's do a you, good question, but I like answer the question. <laughs> I don't want to do either. <laughs> don't make me pick. You just said you wanted to trade up. I don't want to trade up for a receiver. Okay. I want. Coward. I think you. I think you can find a quality receiver with, with, down at the bottom of round one. I definitely the, agree with that. I do. I, I'm. I'm I, I I think that there are a couple of guys that could be there, but they're not going to be an AJ Brown. So I, I what, take credit for AJ Brown get what, drafted. I'll say what, I what, know. What, listen, what, what, listen. What, what, the man has transcended his draft status. I've seen multiple people compare this draft class to that 2019 draft class. I just don't think it's similar. One, the draft class as a whole was probably better in 2019, but you were still in that weird fringe area where the NFL thought that receivers you didn't spend highly on, you didn't pay them a ton, you didn't draft them early. And like since then, it seems like it was just, you know, I mean, all these guys are coming up still on their rookie deal, but like the way the NFL operates, look at these trades for star wide receivers, look at the contracts, like, the NFL's kind of turned around their belief on wide receivers like that. So, like, I don't think 2019 is a good thing. Oh, look, DK Metcalf, Terry McLaurin, McCole Hardman, all these guys, AJ Brown, all these guys came from round two or round three. Like, I don't think that's a good comparison right now because that was a pretty weird class that was stronger and the NFL just didn't value receivers. Now we're on a weird tangent about receivers I, I, again. I always hate when people say that because by that logic, you know, just go get Tyree Kill in the fifth round of every single draft class. I mean, I, like I, it, I love how everyone's like, see the chiefs stumbled into a generational tight end in the third round and a generational receiver in the fifth and round. A generational all it took pass was, rusher and Justin Houston. And all it like, took I mean, was, yeah. you know, hitting on a day three pick in one of 10 years, you know, like, I mean, I just, that's such a, I can't Listen, weeds legal. Game. Now we don't catch those kind of benefits now. <laughs> All right. Well, we spent a lot of time talking about receivers again uh, on this fine program. I think this is the KCWR laboratory. Yeah. If we keep going, I have to go get some coffee or something to keep talking receivers. It's just putting me to sleep. Yeah. You know what? Uh, and I, you know what? I've got something for you. I, I hope that the coffee you're drinking isn't stale because 90% of the coffee from the grocery store is actually stale. You heard that right. The coffee you know and think you love needs an upgrade. Instead of rebuying the same old, same old, let Trade Coffee send you something freshly roasted 
that you're literally guaranteed to love. Trade sells the freshest roasted and ethically sourced beans from America's best independent roasters. They ship free to you as often as you like, whole or ground. And for listeners right now, Trade Coffee is offering a total of $20 off your first three bags when you go to drinktrade.com slash KCSN. That's more than 40 cups of coffee for free. For free, Craig, to get started. Take their quiz at drinktrade.com slash KCSN and start your journey to your perfect cup. That's drinktrade.com slash KCSN for $20 off your first three bags. That's a deal, if you ask me. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, Maddie, you had some thoughts here. You had some ideas. You always, you had, you're, you're always, you always got great ideas. I like this one too. You want to talk about some draft, uh, some draft bets potentially, and some lines there. I want to hear them. Let's talk. Thank you, thank, thank, thank you for the kind words. Um, the draft, guys, is coming up in what? a week from the day you guys are listening to this. I know it, it, it's from a week now. Kent, Craig, I, I don't know what are you guys doing for the draft. No, you guys aren't doing. Anything I don't right? know. Like, I got nothing. Um, you guys want to hang out or something? Yeah. How about yeah. What about all of our friends to the Kingdom if... Bar and Grill Thursday, Friday, Saturday, where KCSN is live from there? We got drink specials. We got food specials. We got giveaways. Like, we'll be there. So please come anyway. But you know, Craig what... is offering hugs. I am offering hugs. It's true. That, that's that's a fact. But if you can't make it to Kansas City, to the Kingdom Bar and Grill, and that awesome fun time, we will be streaming live every single day. We'll be breaking down picks, and we got highlights. We got stuff like that. We, we are going to give you coverage of everything. It's not just Chief-centric, although we will definitely drift there, especially when we're talking about you know divisional opponents and things like that. But we will be doing that live here on the KCSN YouTube page. So make sure you're subscribed. If you can't make it, tune in. We'll be hanging out, having a good time for a lot of hours all weekend long. Maddie, Kent, I can't wait to see your faces mm. all weekend long. It's going to be great. Mm. It's going to be wonderful. I'm going to have a great time. I'm, I'm glad you told the people where they can come hang out with us. Uh, that's good. I, I hope to see everybody there. Um, all right, so we got some we got some draft draft props. These are prop bets. Now, I'm not going to say where because nobody's paying us to say where yet. So you guys <laughs> just have to go find these on your own. Um, draft props. They pertain <laughs> specifically to the Kansas City Chiefs. Andrew Booth Jr. What do you guys think his, his pick over under is set at? Uh, <laughs> I gotta recover first. I'm I'm gonna say uh, 25 mid 20s. I. Uh... I'm going to say uh, 35 and a half. Craig wins. Um, it is 26 and a half. So the over under is exactly, is it 26 and a half? Now, 
do you guys are you guys taking the over or the under on that though? That's the question. Is uh, Andrew Booth Jr. going before or after pick twenty six? I think he's going to go after. I, I think there's too much injury concern with him. Um, I just think, especially a lot of those teams at the end of the draft, there tend to be the teams that are a little more injury averse. It, it's just <laughs> worked out that way this year. So, I think that I think Andrew Booth might slip into day two. I'm taking I'm taking the over too, and I would love the Chiefs to stop his fall mm-hmm. and uh, and bring him into Kansas City. One of those picks. Not happen. Oh, you're oh, you're out, Maddie. Well, I want them to, but it's not happening. You don't think so? Uh, oh, you so you didn't listen to uh, the last podcast. Oh, so I just I'm glad we cleared that up. We talked about this. <laughs> um, the Chiefs bring in. All the guys that are injured that they're interested in, they bring them in for a top 30 visit and they give them medicals. Like that's something they frequently do. They bring in injured guys to get their medicals. Guess who has not come in for a visit? That Andrew we know. Since <laughs> that's true. There's they're like there's like six. There's like six top 30 visits unknown right now. But he's been his surgery has been post-combine. So the Chiefs haven't had any chance to see him that we know of to check on these medicals by then. The Chiefs don't usually take injured guys. The last injured guy they took, Lucas Niang. He sat out a year. The hip was clearly still an issue then. It affected his ability to be ready when he came back. His trainer has come out and said that. I'm not going to parlay that into his most recent injury, but like they don't take injured guys. Like The Trey Smith situation was different, but they did a ton of work. If you're not doing these visits, you can't really do that work with Andrew Booth Jr. I'd be surprised if they take him if they don't bring him in for a visit. Like That's why I'm terrified they're out on him because of the medicals. They don't like to take injured guys. That's that's where I stand. It, with it's going to make me sad too because he's a hell of a player, and he'd fit yeah. really well with Steve Spagnuolo. But man, yeah, um, are we gonna are we gonna do the thing this year where we draft like we just, we do an all disappointment draft where we're just like this is like the most. Oh, mad. I don't want to be. I that think our last mock draft was kind of like that, wasn't it? Was it like Wednesday <laughs> from round two on? That's and true. Then people, then people got up and like dropped the people's elbow on us for taking Scott <laughs> yeah. in round one. Yeah, um, it shook out completely <laughs> wrong for us, and then everybody was like, "You guys are terrible." It's like, yeah. Mm. all right, yeah. so yeah, if you're a betting person, though, I would go. I would go find this this uh, these odds somewhere and uh, take Booth in the over. I bet by Monday, I bet those start climbing. I really do. I think I said, Kyler Gordon's getting all this first round hype. Like, there's a reason another corner's coming up. There's someone's probably dropping out. Um, Boy Mafe over under. Can't you can go first this time since Craig won the first one. Um, I'm going to go, I'm going to go 33 and a half, 36. Oh, Kent comes back and gets a win and ties it up. It's 30 and a half. Mm. So he's creeped solidly into the first round. What are you betting over or under? (sighs) That one I actually believe. I I think I actually believe that I I'll go, I'll go a little bit under then if he's, if he's creeping up that hard right now, that's, that's a clear rise out of him. If he's creeping up that hard, I think that means that there's a team that actually does like, and I get it, you know, he's got the athletic traits. He's been deep. Like I I totally understand why a team would gamble on him. We have seen far worse edges go at the end of the first round. Oyamafe belongs there amongst those guys better than those guys. So I, I think I'll go under. I'm going to go over, and one thing I think you got to take into consideration with some of these lines is they ne- they aren't always necessarily based on inside information. I think our uh, Josh Norris does tweet that out a lot. It's just kind of like, you know, some of these props and some of these lines are not always reflected based on inside info. I think that's where the rest of the market is about setting this guy. I'm taking the over. Boye Mafe Senior Bowl? Hey! Okay. Boye Mafe College State? Ah, <laughs> I, uh, I, I, I think there's, I think there's two different guys on tape there, and I'm a little afraid of the college. We've person. never seen anybody have a good senior bowl and get drafted much higher than they were before, right? Never, never. 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 I know. I just like it. Just it's it was so stark for me. It I was would be kind of stunning. I would lean if I were to go bet on this. I would probably take the under. I think he has picked up a lot of steam. Um, I don't haven't heard much about the exact interview process, and that's like the final. You know, mm-hmm. if you start hearing a bunch of releases about how he's crushing interviews, then I'm slamming that under. The fact that that hasn't come out yet makes you wonder. Not that it's bad, just like you know that it's not excellent, or it would be out there. Um, that's my one holdup because I do think there's some issues with his tape that would make me question how he sees the game, and I think that's what slows him down on the field and not at the senior bowl. 
Um, I think 30.5 is a good line. That means the Chiefs pass on them. Like the Chiefs are kind of your final round one slot unless you mm-hmm. think the Lions don't take a defensive end that are going to go after him. So that's a good spot. Um, here's another one. The One of the favorite picks for the Kansas City Chiefs, Daxton Hill. What do you think mm-hmm. his over-under is set at? Craig is up first this time. I'm actually going to go... <laughs> I think you're throwing this for a curve and you're not going down the order here. So I'm going to say 29 on this one. I'm going to go uh, just to play it safe. No, I'm not going to play it safe. I'm going to give a real, because I could go 29 and a half. Like it's like price is right, but I'm not going to. I'm going to go, I'm going to go 36 and a half. Well, you could have gone with 29 and a half and Craig still would have been right. It's 28 and a half. Wow. It's early. And it's right before the Chiefs pick. So like, and that that's I found that interesting because he's yeah. a guy that gets mocks the Chiefs a lot, and then the over under for Vegas is coming in right before they pick. I, I, I couldn't find Lewis Seen. I wanted to actually get him and Lewis Seen's at the same time. This website mm-hmm. didn't have Seen because I think Seen's going to go first. Yes, twenty eight and a half is pretty early for a third safety, and especially if you're dropping that in before the team that has probably been the most popular to get him mocked to him. So, what are you guys taking the over or under on twenty eight and a half? I I do think that it's going to be over. It might be the Chiefs. Um, I think I think it's easy to put the line at 28 and a half if you feel comfortable with the Chiefs. Like, that's his floor. Like, I think that gives you, if you're Vegas setting that line there, I think that gives you a pretty solid floor for you to pick from because you know that teams are going to look at this and go, Oh, the Chiefs are in love with that guy. I'm sure they like that guy and could fit with him, you know, in Spagnuolo's scheme. So maybe a team has to jump the Chiefs to come get Daxton Hill. And maybe they feel like, okay, well, if that doesn't happen, 29, we can set it at 28 and a half and still make money. Yeah, because like I've been looking at some of these lines and trying to figure out, okay, which team are we thinking is going to take them with these overs and overs and unders, and and trade ups are all definitely a factor here that we're really not taking into consideration very frequently and are unseen. Because it's any team potentially going up if they love them. I think I'm gonna go with the over. I think I think Lewisine is the second safety selected. Um, where he goes will probably help determine the Daxton Hill. You know where Daxton Hill gets taken. I would anticipate Scene goes somewhere uh, in the 20s, and maybe that's enough to push Scene, or maybe that's enough to push Daxton Hill over. I think I'm gonna go with the over. I think similar to the, the Andrew Booth thing, Andrew Booth not being involved might help Daxon Hill if you're just looking for a guy to cover. Um, he also screams New England Patriot to me. I know they like these weird mm-hmm. hybrid safety corners. He mm-hmm. just seems like a guy that would make a lot of sense there too, especially as you look to get a Devin McCourty replacement. So I can see the path for it to be under. I would probably leave this one alone. It's like I, 28 and a half is early. Like to say 28, pick 28 or before seems pretty early for Daxon Hill to me, but uh, we're moving on. Jameson Williams, Kent, you were up first. What is his over under set at? 13 and a half. Ooh, man. I'm going to go 11, Maddie. 11. Okay. I'm going to say you went with 11 and a half because it's always halves. Um, and then you guys tied because it's 12 and a half. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm no, giving it a timeout. <laughs> you are, stealing a, you are stealing a win from me. This Listen, is, maybe you should have listened to the podcast Regis earlier this week I've and Maddie would look favorable upon you. Hey, youthful Regis, can I get a ruling real quick? Oh, you were what? Okay, yeah, that's what I thought. Okay, no, it's a tie. Um, You guys both get a point. So Jameson Williams, I think he's moved up to wide receiver one. The odds are for wide receiver one now. It's set at 12 and a half. Over, under. Under. I think it's going to be under. Um, I'm hearing way too much smoke about a receiver slipping into the top 10. And if a receiver slipping into the top 10, I, I, I think it'll be James. I think it'll be him. I, yeah. I, I just do. I, I think he's the guy. And I I did. Kent, what do you think? Before I'm, I start in on this next little thing here. I'm lockstep with you, buddy. Go run. Yeah, yeah I, I think it is interesting uh, this week. Uh, actually, Matty, is George Pickens on, on your list of of? Bet? He was not. Can... No. Okay. He was not. Okay. I, I think people are having a hard time trying to figure out where to put Pickens. I think the range is far too high, so it's probably hard to over-under that and get a pretty good even money on both sides for Vegas. Understood. Oh, okay. Well, with that being said, I will I will kind of go into this. I think it is very interesting to see a lot of teams this week or you know in the past month have brought George Pickens in on a lot of top 30 visits. 
because they're evaluating his injuries. They're evaluating how he's recovered from things. He obviously came back and played in the playoffs for the NCAA championships. I think it is extremely interesting as it stands right this very moment that Jamison Williams, who has an ACL injury that he suffered in the final in that game, teams have brought him in, vetted him. He is going high in the draft. They feel more comfortable with his knee injury than George Pickens a year removed from it. Like you hear, why is George Pickens falling? Injury. That's what you hear, injury. And now all of a sudden you point back to that and it's like, okay, obviously there's there's a very clear delineation there. It's not just a generic injury brush that the NFL paints with because Jameson Williams is going to go high at George Pickens. We don't know where he's going to go now. It, it, it's a little bit up in the air. So I just found that very interesting this week, especially with everything coming out about both players. If you don't start hearing major traction for Pickens, yeah, I think that whether it's medical rechecks, whether it's interviews, because he's got some maturity stuff, it's always on field. It's just the way he carries himself on field, being a little too physical at times, going above and beyond. Something didn't go well if you don't start to hear traction, because he has done a lot of top 30 visits. And to just start hearing anything starting to catch, you know, that is not a red flag, but like that's something I think you pay attention to. Um, yeah, I, I think this is the week. I mean, I oh, really, the week leading up to the draft, but I, this is the week that some of those guys, you start getting clarity on situations like this. And so we will get some kind of answer I would anticipate before the draft. I don't think it's going to be one of those, well, you know, I, you know, and, and I still think you could sneak into round one. I really do. No, I think the range is super wide. Yeah, I just think that overall, it's you can't be feeling great about him being one of the first couple receivers taken just with as many visits that have gone by and nothing that you've heard. Whereas Jamison Williams, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, you're hearing so much about these guys. Drake London didn't run a 40 time, and you're still hearing more positivity about him Absolutely. than you are George Pickens. So like, I think there's a reason for that. Um, yeah. Maybe that changes through the weekend. All right, let's get on to these last ones a little bit quicker because we got we got non-player over-unders too after these. So Devontae Wyatt can't make up make up some points right here. Uh well, you're gonna you're gonna skew it anyway. I'm gonna go uh 26 and a half. I'm okay. gonna go uh 30. Ah, well, 30 and a half because we do halves. Um can't wins though, because it's 27 and a half. What do you guys Wait, are you with? sure you wanna you wanna reverse the math for Craig to make it work or if no, you keep I, I it off, to. I might. Um <laughs> but uh are you guys taking the over and the under here? Uh, man, that's a tough one. I, I can see him being the second defensive tackle off the board, so I'll go I'll go under. I'll, I'll go under that. I think I think it's a great line. Uh mm -hmm. it's set up to right before the Bucks. I, I think, think that's yeah. the kind of goal is to put it right before the Bucks, who are losing Sue now. And so, like, I think that's very specific. Give me the over. Give me the over on Devontae Wyatt. I think earlier in the process, it was probably higher. I think he yeah. got real hot there for a little bit after the combine, and now it's kind of slowed down again. And mm -hmm. then also, you know, there's some stuff coming out that he maybe has a little bit of off-field issues that need checking on. We'll touch on that here in a second. So, yeah, I'm, I would take the over there, too. Um, Jahan Dotson, Craig. Oof. What do you think the over-under at is for Jahan Dotson? Man, I, I just have no real bearing on him. So I'm going to say uh, 28 and a half. I am. Uh, I'm going to go 40 and a half. Craig wins. Um, it's 32 and a half. So essentially, mm, okay. it's, is he a first rounder or not? Yeah. Um, what's I think that's, yeah, I think that's is pretty he? good. Um, is he going round I, one? That's the question. Man, I think Pickens swings for him. Like I can see a lot of receivers going round one. If an NFL team there at the end falls in love with Pickens instead of Dotson, I can see Dotson falling out. That might be the swap right there. It might be Dotson or Pickens being a round one receiver at the end of it. So I will go. I'll go over. I'll say he's just barely a day two guy. I'm going to go over too. I think he's, I think he winds up where I set the line at personally. I think he's, I think he's going to fall out a little bit. Okay, now can I? Like can, no, can I? Add, no, that's what I want to ask. Some of these other guys. That's what I want to ask. Is he going to fall to pick forty-ish because of how you see him, or do you think there's something the NFL is going to see that's going to make him drop to forty? I mean, I, I, that boy, you're making you're making me sound really arrogant. <laughs> no, I just, I, I just somebody think, clips you know, that. <laughs> there's just, I think that I just, I don't really, I don't love him as a route runner. Uh, I don't love him. I don't love his hands. I don't love his consistency. Uh, I, he's not the biggest framed guy. He's not the biggest guy, period. I don't, I don't love him 
I mean, I, I, I just like, I, I just I, feel like teams are going to look at that and they're going to see some of these other options available to them and they're going to like them more. Yeah. I'm Speaking not, I'm of not more, Sky more. How about I'd rather have Anything. Sky more than oh, Jahan yeah. Dotson for sure. Uh, I, I'm not a fan. Of, I'm not a huge fan of Jahan Dotson either. I've tried to go back and see what it is that I'm missing, why I need to like him more, and I, I have struggled to find it. Um, very thin framed, struggles with physicality, gets pushed off his line pretty easily. He looks for ghosts over the middle of the field. He doesn't want to be hit when he runs over the middle of the field. I don't think he ran a four four three on a fast track. I don't think he plays like a four four three athlete. I, I don't think he runs by guys. He has to set them up, which is fine. He's I I I think he has a decent route runner. I think he's got great ball skills vertically down the field. Like he's got good hands, great catch radius, but he has to set guys up to beat them over the top. He really has to put in a lot of work to get open, and then he's a little afraid to go over the middle. Physicality messes with him. I see a lot of warning flags. The path to him to win, the path to him to be Tyler Lockett, is so slim. There's only one Tyler Lockett, you know, maybe a couple of guys throughout the history. Like, it's just, that's a hard one for me. Last one here, George Karloftis. You guys are, mm. oh, Craig's up by one. So we'll let Kent go first. The I'm over going under to, ooh. for the Greek George Karloftis. I can't call the Greek freak. That's not fair. He's not that freaky. Uh, I will go, this is a big one. I'm really nervous. You need these points. Um, I'll go 18 and a half. It's a pretty good guess. I'm going to go. 22 and a half. Woo! Kent ties it up. It is set at 19 and a half. You were close. Wow. 19 and a half. It's tied 4 4. Uh, we'll have to break this tie later on somehow. Over under, though. What do you guys think? Can't go. I think under. I think I think there's gonna be I mean, I think there's gonna be a run on edges, and I think he's going to go in the top 20. I think if the Chiefs want him, they're gonna have to trade in the top 20 to go get him. And it might be the Chiefs moving up to go get him. I mean, I think this one of those. I mean, you know, we can talk about how we feel about it. I'm hoping he falls. I think we've talked about this. I think we'd all be ecstatic with Karloftis at 29. It's the idea of moving a bunch of draft capital to go up and get him specifically. It's like you know, whatever. But uh, yeah, I I think I think I think he breaks the top 20. I think, yeah, I, I think he breaks the top 20 as well. I'll, I'll go under. You remember that hot minute where, you know, we thought that the Chiefs could trade up for one of the four, you know, one of the top four. Yeah, I, I don't think that, you know, Aiden Hutchinson, Travon Walker, Jermaine Johnson, Kayvon Thibodeau are making it out of the top 10. I think top all five? four of those guys. <laughs> uh, you guys see that for it, next week. We got a lot of draft shows coming yeah, we next will, week. We will. We will. But we're reacting to mock drafts. We're doing a live mock draft with you guys. You got to see these mock draft takes. I understand. I understand. I'm just saying the NFL is not going from like pick nine or 10 all the way to pick 21 before they take another edge. They're just not going to happen. So I think that George Karloftis will go before that. I think NFL teams will see a high floor out of him. They see the youth and the ability to grow, you know, put him in the system and let him just develop and progress as a player. Even if we're not the biggest fans of him, I can see how the NFL loves him. Just like everybody in Kansas city is going to love our good pals at Macadoodles. You want to talk about growing in the space. That's exactly what Macadoodles is going to go starting this summer in Lee's Summit, Missouri, there's going to be so much traffic coming through that store that franchisees are going to be looking across the way and going, oh man, we got to get us one of those. Like even across the street here, just to make sure that we get all of this traffic that's coming here. So if you're a franchisee, get on board with the best customer service, the best selection, and the best prices in town and get a hold of Roger, info at macadoodles.com and get a high floor with a chance to grow into the market, just like NFL teams probably get on board with George Karloftis in the draft this year. Yeah, I'm with you guys. I think uh, <laughs> it's going to be under. Um, I think 19 and a half is weird. 19 and a half is a strange line. To squeeze that in before you get to the Pittsburgh Steelers and the New England Patriots, two teams that I don't think you hear a lot about them looking for edge, I think that's an interesting spot. I I know it's not directly it's, related to who's picking there. It's just it, it's a little earlier than I could, think. Go ahead. That's right after Philly at eighteen. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, we there are a lot of people believe that 
the Saints are moving their two first round picks to trade up for someone, a, a quarterback or or an offensive tackle. Okay, so you're sitting there with whoever's sitting with pick 19s, making the second pick of the first round. They might be looking to move back again. I mean, I, I think that's probably that little the team the, the teens in this draft are going to be real interesting, guys. I mean, I sure, think, but I, I think I think the the number 19 and a half, and this is just playing into people's psyche. 19 and a half makes people want to say the over because it's not the number 20. Number 20 sounds a lot bigger than 19. So why not put it at 21 and a half? Because you throw those other teams in there. Now you're getting it right before the run of Green Bay, Arizona, Dallas, all of which could take edges. Just, you know, I, I find Vegas odd setting fascinating. I think 19 and a half is a weird, just a weird spot. Like I get why it's after. It's just, it's, it's a strange spot for what's coming behind it. Um, we got to break the tie. So this is just real quick. Defensive players in round one, offensive players in round one, which one has the higher, like which one does Vegas think there will be more of? Offensive. 1,000% offensive. Defensive. Craig wins. It's 15 and a half for defensive players, 16 and a half for offensive players by exactly one. Craig is the victor. We can move on to the next segment now. Craig wins again. I think he's undefeated in these games. I just wish we could have at least heard youthful Regis. He's busy. I think, He's a busy you know, guy. You have to you had to put in a request. You didn't file the paperwork to get him on here. Like, what do you think I can do? Just like pull him out of the other room? Remember when Craig got that one extra point and you cheated? Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Just saying. So we're going to talk about the uh, Chiefs top 30 visits. Uh, we started talking <laughs> about it earlier this week in the episode Kent didn't listen to, but uh, we've now, we're going to talk about some of the other guys. So you know, Kent, I'll let you set this up. You can set the table. Where do you want to start with the Chiefs top 30 visits though? Well, you guys said you talked a little bit about cornerbacks that the Chiefs have had some t- top 30 visits. There was another one, I believe today that got reported and that was Zion Gilbert out of, uh, out of Florida Atlantic. Crazy uh, tester. Uh, eh, what did did he make the C bat? I, I didn't plug the numbers in yet. It was a very busy day. Could we just like maybe me and Maddie kill a few seconds? How complicated would it be to throw him in? You're looking at me like it's very complicated because we could like it's not very complicated. You guys talk. I can tell. I can send you the. Uh, I can send you the the, the numbers if you want. No, you can I just look. It. I, I retweeted it. Shout out to our guy Justin M. Zion Gilbert's uh, yeah. another guy. Uh, JT Woods, I, t- I tweeted out when they had him visit. We didn't talk about JT Woods before. Safety out of Baylor, another defensive back that's visited. Some people think he might be able to play corner. Track star, long, athletic. He might be close to a tier one C-bat too, honestly, because he was a pretty freak athlete. Zion Gilbert, like him, cornerback safety experience. He's played a little bit of both. Use, knows how to use his length. Physical, run defender. Like these guys, JT Woods, is I know, listed as a safety. Zion Gilbert's listed as a corner. They share some similar skill sets. Need to, both guys would need a little bit of work in man coverage, but they have that physical profile that the Chiefs seem to like. It's easy to make the connection to Legarius Sneed, who played corner, then safety. And they're like, oh, hey, come play corner yeah. again. The Chiefs have a type beyond just the long arm physical man press guy. If you've played safety a little bit or do play safety, they might try you a corner. Like they just straight yeah. up might. Well, and, and Zion Gilbert a uh, Conference USA player as well. So another former Conference USA uh, defensive back here in the mix for the Chiefs. Uh, Craig, do you have those yet, or are we still waiting? Almost. Do we have an arm length on this man? Uh, I don't know if we do. I can't answer that one for you. I would have to pull Um, up Dane Brugler's draft guide that has everything, which would take me a second. That would be a 29-inch arm length on that that's gonna hurt him Zion Gilbert has 29 inch arms 29 inch arms and guess what you guys that puts him to that that knocked him out of tier one one. last yes Uh, I'm gonna make you do JT Woods after the podcast you don't have to do that one now I'm gonna but we'll deal with that later um that's an interesting one though I did not think they'd be that that short um maybe that's why he plays a little bit of safety even in the conference USA Uh, well Hey, Craig, I want to make sure you get the opportunity to kind of talk about this really quick because we've t- kind of looked and we'll let you start on this because like we've had the conversation. I don't know if you guys talked about this early in the week, but the way that the the top 30 visits have been set up, there is one position that has been getting a ton of run mm-hmm. in like the ton of like the day one, day two types are getting a ton of run. Day three a lot of these defensive backs, like these day three defensive back types, the Chiefs are doing a ton of work on, which just makes perfect sense. And of course, JT Woods is going to get drafted to play cornerback because even when the Chiefs find cornerbacks, it's actually safeties. Uh, but 
I know you you said there is one position that they're spending a lot of time looking at uh, with their top thirty visits. I am. I, it, yeah. This is this is going to surprise people. This is this is clickbait. This is a shocker. Yeah, it's it's wide receiver. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, we're just going full circle. Look at that. Right back around. No, that's what they've looked at in day one. They've done their homework on Jameson Williams. They've done their homework on George Pickens, two guys that were injured there. They had uh, John Mechie in for an interview as well. Another guy coming off of an injury. They are vetting early receivers in this draft i know that will make a lot of chiefs fans happy that doesn't mean that they're definitely taking an early receiver but they are doing their homework on a lot of these guys they at least feel comfortable in the ability to either make a move to try and get one of these guys or that they will be available when they pick and obviously it sounds like george pickens and mechie will be available at the end of round one mechie may be available at the end of round two for all we know we'll we'll wait and see how that works but i think it's very interesting with Everything that the Chiefs do, they typically look at injury, they look at character stuff, they had Devonta Wyatt in, so they they look at those two things, and then a lot of their other top 30 visits they spend on smaller school guys, try and get them in the building, try and expose them. Maddie and I talked about that a little bit, you know, get ahead of the UDFA process or the day three process a little bit more than some of these other teams that are, you know, spending their top 30 visits on everybody in the first round. They do their homework on the back end. So when they do these home, these guys that are in the first round consideration and early day two consideration, it makes you perk up when there's that many of them in a row. I think that, that just speaks to the trends we've been talking about. What positions are they going to draft early? I think I think that's almost concrete at this point that they are going to draft a wide receiver early in the NFL draft this year. I will be absolutely stunned if one of their three first round or first picks is not a receiver. And I mean, maybe even first two. I just think, you know, I think you kind of see some of these things materializing. Um, one theory, you know, you could look at, not to read too much into the visits. And because we, again, we don't even have a complete list of the visits. For all we know, they've, they've visited all six edge rushers and they're going to trade all the draft capital for Kayvon Thibodeau. Uh, but, you know, you could, you could, potentially see a, a scenario formulating with just the top 30 visits it's you know hey they're gonna draft a receiver early maybe they're trading for a, a james bradbury and then trying to get cute at cornerback in the draft with some day three guys like you know maybe that's a scenario that they're playing around with and you know i, I just Gross. think about I, I'm, I'm not this is not me advocating maddie this is not me advocating just saying the whole bradbury thing Gross. i i this is not me advocating Day three corners, okay, fine. It's what they do. Bradbury, no. I know. Uh, but I'm just like this is this is a scenario I could see. Like this is just this is just something that's playing out. Maddie, you wrote about Devontae Wyatt and his visit. It's interesting. If the big improvement, the big swing is to improve the interior further with a Devontae Wyatt, and that's the guy that they really make a big heavy swing on um in the first round. How do you feel? How early do the Chiefs have to take an edge? Angry. That's a. I think it's an awful pick. He's an older prospect that have wasn't hasn't been that productive at Georgia. Um, I he doesn't get the same excuse. I don't think as Trevon Walker does because yes, okay, like Devontae Wyatt doesn't have to have ten sacks to be considered good at Georgia, but he's not their defensive end, right? Like as the three tech, as one of your yeah. primary interior pass rushers at Georgia, he does get to you know pin his ears back a little bit. And it's not always there. I think his balance is pretty bad. He flashes some high-end talent, but it's not there consistently. I don't think he's the three-tech in the NFL. I think he's a I think he's a penetrating nose tackle. I don't think that he's this dynamic pass rusher that's going to dominate as a three-tech. Throw in the fact that he's already 24, or he's going to be a 24-year-old or 25-year-old rookie. Like he is not young. I don't I don't see it. He's similar to Boy Mafe. You watch him at the Senior Bowl when he knows it's a one-on-one rep with all this stuff on to either side of him, all this space. He makes things happen. You put him in an actual game, he gets knocked off his spot. He gets knocked off balance. He doesn't show great body control. I just don't think he's going to be a super dynamic three-tech. You draft him to be a penetrating one-technique nose tackle that gives you pass rush at that position? Sure. And if that's the case and you take him at 50, fine. So be it, but... I don't get the round one hype for him. We talked earlier about those lines. I would not be anyone even considering taking him under 
uh, what that was. Like why is this is just not for me. I don't I don't see it with him the same way some other people do, especially once you consider his age. Yeah, he's he's a tough one for me as well. I always look at guys like that within that scheme specifically playing in Kirby Smart's mint front next to the types of guys that he was playing with. Jordan Davis draws a lot of focus. Nicobe Dean draws a lot of focus. Trevon Walker draws a lot of focus. Like there the are best so player many- on their defense, defensive tackle, and he's an underclassman. Correct. Yeah, there are so many dudes on that defense to account for that Devontae White, who's a very good player, don't get me wrong, he's a very good player, I think he gets rolled in with those guys a little bit. And I think we see that maybe there are more holes in his game than we than we get to you know give him credit for, I guess, because he's playing with some of these other guys. He's seeing a few more favorable matchups. He's not the guy that offenses are having to build their game plan around. It's the guy next to him that's built like Thanos. Like that's the guy that they're building their game plan around. I do before we before we move on, before we move on to the final bit here, Zion Gilbert 30 and seven eighths inch arms found that confirmed. That was wrong, but ran a seven three four three cone, very stiff. So I, I you know, does not quite get to tier one C bat again, firmly in tier two, but very very interesting prospect for the Chiefs to bring in. A little bit of athleticism there for sure. <laughs> seems seems chiefy. Um. I want to just look at real quick at the the wide receivers we talked. You guys talked about it a bit off the top. The Pickens, Mechie, Jamison Williams, all injured guys. You can yep. easily write that off as, "Hey, we're checking on these guys' injuries. We're interested in the position." Christian Watson stands out because there's no known injury. Smaller school guy though, so maybe they just wanted to vet him more, figure out more about you know who he is because they haven't had as much exposure. So you can kind of make it make sense. It was the three day three type wide receivers that you know I found a little bit interesting. Samari Toure out of Nebraska, um, Eric Easy out of Texas Tech, my guy, one of my favorite receivers in this draft. Zucana, yeah, sure. Um, and then Jakari Roberson out of Wake Forest, and now. Uh, Roverson was announced today and I found him the most interesting because if you look at easy and you look at Torre, they're kind of in the top 10 this past year. Um, according to SIS data in terms of yards created after the catch in terms of missed tackles or broken tackles after the catch Roverson isn't. So like, I thought maybe there was a little bit of a trend at these day three receivers. They're looking for yak guys. They're looking for guys that can do stuff once they get the ball in their hands. Roverson's the kind of the opposite. No yak. He's just a possession guy that mostly played out of the slot. I just thought he was an interesting guy compared to the rest of those day three guys to put in there. I wonder if they're looking at maybe a budget type for somebody there uh, a little bit. You know, they're Mechie. trying to find the budget Mechie. Budget Mechie. I mean, it would make some sense. You know, if they miss out on him maybe at the end of the second round, they feel comfortable circling back and developing a guy that's like him liking that you know that play style in there so maybe well speaking of value here there was an edge rusher that visited the chiefs uh early on in the draft process and you know what maddie i bet he sticks it's james houston's the fourth out of jackson state tell me a little bit about him maddie he, he's an interesting guy. He played at Florida, actually, from 2018 through 2020. He kind of played off-ball linebacker, but in Florida's hybrid front, so there was some rushing of the passer, some dropping into coverage. He went, Then he transfers to Jackson State. He comes down to the Shrine, and I think he came a day late, but all of a sudden you see him walk out on the field, and he just looks and moves differently. He looks and moves like a guy that came from Florida as a high recruit, and you can see there's some athletic juice there. I mean, you got to teach him a lot on how to rush the passer, or to play off-ball linebacker, he's kind of stuck in between right now, but he has the athletic traits that the NFL usually likes to hold on to. Yeah, very interesting guy, a tweener. Um, he went to Jackson State. The Chiefs went to the Jackson State Pro Day and had him in as a top 30 visit. So obviously enough interest in this guy. Man, all you got to know about him is his nickname is The Problem. I want a pass rusher whose nickname is the problem on my team. So I bet he sticks in the NFL. Yeah. Intriguing traits in day three of the draft. Those are the kind of guys that have a chance to stick. I bet he sticks. And if you're looking for golf clubs, you need to check out sticks golf. They are the best value in golf. Hands down. 
Uh, I I went and jumped in. This is actually my second set sitting behind me right now of six golf clubs. I've loved both sets. Um, you know, they they perform extremely well. And for somebody that needed the next step up in my golf journey, these were the perfect clubs. I've got a bunch of golf planned over the next couple months once the draft gets over and I'll be taking my six golf clubs out. If you are looking for some before dra- golf season really hits, go to sticks.golf. Use promo code KCSN10, get 10% off your golf clubs uh, and uh, or anything at, at the at the sticks website sticks.golf make sure you check them out they are outstanding we got anything else before we get out of here maddie craig what you got no i'm i'm good i i feel drafted out this week it's a good thing it's not next week or anything like that oh man yeah i mean you can't be drafted out you can't be drafted out we got a lot of live draft coverage coming on this youtube channel on this kc sports network youtube channel next week i i believe Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday leading up mm-hmm. to the draft, there's going to be a live show with all sorts of different draft content. And then, as Craig told us earlier, starting Thursday, live, every single second that the NFL draft is going, we will be at the Kingdom Bar. You guys will be there with us supporting, whether spiritually or in person. That means that we will be live six straight days on KC Sports Network, Monday to Saturday, getting you ready for the draft, and then reacting to the draft we can't wait here at kc sports network that is going to do for the kc laboratory thank you so much for listening check out all the stuff going on on kc sports network this week it's going to be a lot of fun we'll catch you later i'm gonna need some trade coffee everyone is talking about magnesium it's all you hear about but why What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, the trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.